Welcome to Pardon the Confusion. I'm your host, Paul Arnold. I'm joined by Ernest Watts and David Arnold. Yes, my son, David Arnold, joins us on a rare occasion when he's not busy with little kids and father Hello. duty. And what else, Dave? What are you up to these days? Oh, my brain hurts. I don't know. Work, work. I've Yeah, yeah. My job right now has me has me crazy. That's what I get for going to law school, I guess, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you're a legal yeah. researcher, right? Yeah, I, I yeah, I do legal research for the University of Michigan. Yeah. How much, is, how much does Google help you out on that? <laughs> uh, none, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely none. none. We, we have to. There's legal databases that you have to use, and you have to yeah. pay to use them. So, like the university pays for them. It's called LexisNexis and Westlaw. Uh, uh, I'm team. I'm team Westlaw. Uh, if anyone is in the legal field that's listening, Westlaw is definitely. Do you ever my think preferred. about being a sports agent with a law degree? Uh, um, before I thought about law, I, I would have thought that was a cool gig. Once I've gotten into law, I, I don't think I, I have the. I don't think I'm mean enough, Dad. I just no. don't think I'm mean enough to, to cut he's it. Already, he's already taking care of children. He doesn't want to take care of adult children. Yeah. Drew Rosenhaus, I guess he's not the example of everything an agent lawyer should be. Yeah, yeah, that, I think it'd be too much Tom Cruise, and uh, yeah, that doesn't cut it. Show it doesn't me the cut money. It. Yeah. The, the real ones are the ones you don't know the names of. The ones that that are publicity hounds, are, I would not think are very. Effective. There's a lot of grinding. Those Boris, guys. Boris is another example of one who makes it about him. Those guys have to be in in the know. They're they're college recruiters, but but professional. You know, the the best college football recruiters probably would make pretty good sports agents if they knew the law side of things. Well, guys, we have so much we could talk about, and in the list that we were passing back and forth in the text, we didn't even talk about college football is almost here. That's what's keeping Ernest sane or close to sane right. as possible. But um, let's start off with a former college star. Uh, who just got cut by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes, we're going there right away. Tim Tebow always makes headlines. I know Ernest is not exactly a fan, but Ernest, did you see this happening this fast? Yeah, I thought I thought he would last half the season because he is eight games away from getting his NFL pension. And I thought that Urban Meyer brought him as a favor and was going to stash him on the uh, what we used to call the taxi squad, which is the practice squad, which because of COVID now is 22 positions. Used to be five when it was the taxi squad. And I thought he'd bring him in. He would stash him on that and let him get his eight games. And, you know, kind of a reward for getting him a national championship uh, would, would stash him on the practice squad and, and you know, but if you saw, and it's, it's been a YouTube meme, his, I wouldn't call it blocking because to block, you actually have to hit someone. <laughs> but his attempts to block uh, this weekend in the game against the Browns, you, you see that he was, he was out of his realm. He really was. Yeah. He looked like a quarterback blocking. Well, right? now, he blocked it Florida. When they right, ran the right. option, he had to, he, he's capable of blocking. But he hasn't played football for ten years. He's thirty-four years. He's thirty-four, old. Right, right? I mean, he said he's thirty-four. I mean, people that were buying his jersey when he was signed was just wasting. I mean, there's 
I never thought he'd play. I thought he'd be stashed on the practice squad and Urban would, would show him a favor. But I think the videos of that blocking were so egregious yeah. that even Urban says, I, I can't, I can't do but that. But let, let's get this straight, Ernest, right? The Jaguars got to sell some jerseys. Tebow got to have a little well, fun. The, the and, NFL and, got to sign jerseys. Yeah, Tebow jerseys. got to have a little fun and, and play a little football. Urban Meyer got to hire his favorite person in the world. Um, and all of the bloggers and ESPNs of the world just got tons of clickbait from the entire thing, right? Like, it's the American dream. So the past month was. Uh, the, the Tebow factory lives on for another month. And uh, yeah, Tebow can go back to his cushiony uh, desk job. You know, oh, talking I mean, SEC football. Yeah, I mean, all those people who, who linked him with Kaepernick that the league was keeping them both out can kind of realize oh, yeah. one had talent and one did not have talent. Even though I do believe the last playoff game the Broncos won, Tebow was the quarterback. <laughs> yes, but yes, uh, the miraculous the pass. One right? bright, shiny moment, you know? Yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, to be fair to Tebow, I mean, I like, I love, I love Tebow the person. I have no, I have no hatred or disdain for him whatsoever. Um, but he's just, you know, he always had something magnetic that allowed him to stay around, and he earned that uh, as a leader. But the the talent was never there in the same way at a professional level, right? I, um, I venture to say, if he had not been stubborn when he came out of college and would have played an H back position. Yeah, or had played a tight end when he came out. I have no doubt that he would have lasted longer in the league. I know. He's, he's got such play. short arms. You know, when you think about like the NFL, like tight ends, the, the difference is you're talking about he blocked in college. Even the SEC versus the NFL, you know, the level g- going from blocking against the four-star SEC linebacker on on a surprise play versus block having to block Miles Garrett. You know, on the end of a defensive line, um, it's just two totally different worlds. It's, it's the Reggie Bush factor in a lot of ways. You know, Reggie could run past everyone in college, and the NFL caught up to him because yeah, all the wasn't speed. big enough. Was not, no. not, yeah. not you know that big. I mean, that's we see that in in basketball too. You know, guys who have college quickness but don't have pro quickness. Okay, so here's here here's the question for you guys, Dad. I got my question with Tebow. Do you think he ever coaches? Do you think he ever coaches and how long until he takes a coaching position? Because I just can't see him sitting still, right? If the professional career is over, uh, I, I don't see him sitting at a desk, I guess, for the next 30 years. Yeah, with a mic in his hand, I see him sitting at a desk. Oh, Dad, Dad, what do you think, Coach? I think he's doing the Peyton Manning thing. When Peyton Manning um, did his Hall of Fame speech or he was doing interviews, he's been coaching – his little kids game, the flag football team. So I see Tebow coaching his kids team, but I don't see him uh, coach. I see him as a fundraiser for Florida football eventually. Right. You know, just right. making the speeches, the same speech over and over again, um, living the good life. And then also he's a strong Christian. He'll probably be going around for the rest of his life talking about his faith as well. well and um, he does he does his charity with the special uh, Special needs. needs. Yeah, I agree. Great, great guy. Amazing. Uh, overachieved, went past his talent. I think no doubt yeah. he over, he punt far punted out his talent. And I watched some of the preseason. And when I did, Ernest, I thought of you. I was watching 
the Patriots <laughs> last night against the but you're Washington. you're an addict like me. I know. You're, you're, you're making me like slip me. into bad habits. But, oh, okay. So I'm on Sling TV, and I'm watching the Washington Football Club, which we should discuss if they should get take Guardians as a name or not. But anyways, so the most compelling story was Quinn Nordine, the kicker who lost his starting job at Michigan. And the Patriots always have a thing for Michigan players. I don't know what it is. Um, and so they had him out there, and he was hitting everything he looked at, and he couldn't hit three kicks in a row to save his life at Michigan. There he is at uh, the Patriots making it. Now, most likely he's going to get cut, but I thought that was pretty compelling. And um, watching the Lions and watching some of the other teams, I was enjoying watching Precincts. And have you watched much so far, Ernest? <laughs> Way too much. First of all, let me get back to your Guardians. There won't even be a Cleveland Guardians baseball team. You know, the Indians have changed their name because the rights to the name Cleveland Guardians is owned by a roller hockey team. Oh, it's really? A, it's not yeah. going to be an issue. Not going to be an issue. They'll buy them out. Out. Washington's going to be something else. It's, it's going to be something so offensive that it'll be – It'd be as bad as the Guardians, which is pretty horrible. Well, I'm scared because one of the options they, they've listed um, for fan surveys, they're doing the whole Washington football team thing right now, right? It kind of right. harkening to the European soccer naming model, and that's proving to be popular, honestly. They've, they've listed DCFC as one of their like final five options for a fan survey, and I strongly dislike that being from Michigan because – our top soccer team in the state of Michigan, who's in the second level of American soccer, uh, is Detroit City Football Club. Um, they're very popular around here. They've got the branding down, and they're the same exact colors as the Washington Redskins. And I just see Washington looking over and be like, oh, we can we can appropriate that and steal that. You know, DCFC would never be a thing uh, uh, here. I've always been hopeful they'll turn into a Major League Soccer franchise one day. Um, they're they're, they're going to go with Red Hawks or Red Tails. I'm pretty sure it's going to be one of those two. It, it's going to be something that an imagery that they can sell on T-shirts and all that. Right. It's it's the I mean they're just being slow. They eliminated Warriors, which is a name that they own when they were looking about putting a a uh, arena football team there when Snyder was trying to buy that, but. Snyder's got enough other problems right now. It's it, they're going to stretch this out as long as we. Yeah, there's there's enough can, sports to talk about right now. Oh yeah, there's that's that's preseason football. Yeah, I watched I watched Fields for the Bears, who had a lousy first season first series, but came back and again now you're going against third and second stringers. Uh, I try, saw Trey Lance throw his first pass to a <sighs> seventy yard bomb, and then only completed two more passes the next thirteen he threw. Uh, you, you got to look at all this. All the rookie quarterbacks look good. Even Mac Jones for the um, for the Patriots look good. But they're going against. First of all, they're going against second and third stringers because half the starting quarterbacks did not play. They're going against very vanilla schemes because teams don't want to show defensive fronts in the exhibition season. This. This three-game exhibition season is kind of threw off because traditionally was you played your rookies, second game you brought in your starters, they played a quarter, third game they played a half, and then you all your future cuts played the fourth game. Well, that's throwing everybody off. And I, just, 
It yeah. seems like they're playing more guys in control scrimmages than they are the expedition. Yeah, I just can't be fussed with the NFL preseason, to be honest. I just like they, they barely even touch each other in training camp these days. Um, just the way with football, how dangerous we already know it is, uh, they're saving everything for the season. So right? you prefer so it's like, the NBA Summer League to the preseason? Yes, I definitely do because you, you get to see the rookies get a chance to be the best player on the court. Um, and, and try to learn how to mold. And you see a lot of the teams that were in the lottery the year before take all of the younger guys who are not just draft picks, but but draft picks two or three years ago and throw them into the summer league and kind of get to see a team of what a future core might look like. I mean, obviously, the Pistons, for example, you have Cade Cunningham go, going against number two pick Jalen Green. Uh, and Cade hit seven three-pointers in a, in a game already this year. Uh, he's looking like the real deal. Dad, how, how are you feeling uh, as a Michigan resident, Detroit Pistons fan, um, about our number one draft pick? I have watched some of the Summer League. I do enjoy it. I agree. It's more even play, right? Because they're all rookies and they're all learning. So you don't have such a wide disparity of, of talent out there. But they're a little rough, but the athleticism is out of this world. Ernest, who's that guy from Texas? Who can jump? I have a forty-four inch vertical leap. Who was a highlight last night? Do you remember who from Texas? For for the Hornets, Kai Jones. I think so. Yeah. So oh, they, the so guy with the monster dunk. He had a oh, monster oh yeah. Dunk. Oh yeah. Yeah, but you know, he's the kids only played basketball for three years. They had Greg Brown playing for Portland. They looked real good too. He had some dunks. I mean, Portland had two thirty-five-year-old guys playing the summer league. <laughs> I mean, it's it's. Here's the thing about summer league. A lot of teams, it's street ball. I mean, they're running no offenses whatsoever. You take one-third of the guys, they're going to be in Europe next year. You take another third of those guys, and they're going to be in the G League next year. Each team, at most, you're going to have three guys on the roster. And and so it's all, it, there are no true centers, very few. I mean, the few that I saw Mobley for Cleveland – and and he gets he's jacking up three pointers. He's not playing post play. I mean, we're really having problems in the NBA with post play. The Olympics yeah. showed that. The Olympics showed that we're not developing any post play. I know it's it's four outside and one guy to do a pick and roll at the free throw line. That's the NBA offense. But when we played the Olympics, it was just outstanding to me i mean it, it really stood out we're yeah. not developing any post the players ta- the talent is the talent development is really a struggle but you still get to see top end uh, i guess you can call them prospects you know the draft picks play and get a lot of ball handling time uh, you know take up a lot of shots so you get to see at least a little bit of what that looks like potentially i mean you've had players like devin booker playing the summer league recently um you've got You've got talent on the floor that you can identify. Where the NFL preseason is just meaningless. I mean, it, I mean, it is, it yeah. is meaningless. Unless, unless you're really into the analytics and you're saying, "Hey, I know this guy is the 65th, 66th best player on this team. I can't wait to see him run on this special teams kickoff. See if he makes this tackle and make the team." You know, it's like, uh, no, nah, I just, I can't, I can't be fussed with it. I mean, you know, neither one of them play defense. I mean, that's just it. There's not defensive play, and there's not structured offense. 
you got to be careful because I remember five years ago, D'Angelo Russell looked like the second coming of Magic. Yeah, right, right, right. I mean, you got to take it all with a grain of salt. Uh, As long as if Kate Cunningham shoots, you know, 60% from three pointer off Summer League, um, I'm going to have a hard time not drinking the Kool Aid uh, next year. That's all I got. Where's D'Angelo Russell now? Minnesota. uh, Yeah, Minnesota. You know, would, fourth team? Yeah. Let me see. Let me yeah. see. Lakers. Him and him and Carl Anthony Towns are supposed to be there. Yeah. yeah. I yeah, mean then, that's that's and they're they just traded for Patrick Beverly, so that's gonna be interesting to say the least. You got two guys who are laid back, laid back beyond comatose. And then you've got Mr. Excitement, Patrick Beverly, who gets in fights in the parking lot. You want you want to talk about a a city that that no one wants to go to, even lower than Detroit on on the rankings. Um, thanks to Mr. Jalen Green for pointing out that Detroit was not a city players wanted to go to, quote unquote. Um, I mean, why would you ever go to Minnesota to play well, professional basketball unless you have to, unless you're getting paid a lot of money? You've heard the rumor, haven't you, David? Uh, they're going to move. Yeah, Seattle. They're the future Sonics. I I that's hope not. A Rod. That's why A Rod bought part of the team that they can make more money yes. if they move to Seattle noted Seattle native Alex Rodriguez oh actually he played for the Mariners what am I thinking right now there oh my go. gosh I'm connecting oh. all the dots right now yeah you're blowing my mind Ernest wow well, I started off as a joke and turned serious real quick and yeah, at the same time NBA is talking about expansion they want to add two more teams which I'm kind of worried and you know where one of those two teams are going to go yeah, Vegas and Seattle. They both yeah. would. And you, you move Memphis and Minnesota to the east, or Memphis or Minnesota to the east, and you've got, you've got New, Orleans, New Orleans and um, Memphis to the east. All right, you talked yes. about A-Rod for a second. Did you guys see the little clip with A-Rod and Big Poppy at the Field of Dreams where A-Rod turns to Big Poppy and says, Hey, Poppy, can we play catch? And he says, No effing way, you're a Yankee. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So... Did you did you watch? What did you think of the game? I thought it was outstanding. One of the best games I've seen in a long time. Both teams were in it. They never gave up. It was a walk-off. It was so cool to see the baseball disappear in the corn. Oh, I loved seeing that. And the way they started the game with Kevin Costner, and he didn't speak too long. Um, you could tell the players were really into it. And um, so smart for them to build a separate stadium from the original one. So kids and their dads could throw catch at the original one and they could have the real game with a real quality field not a second quality oh, field for the pros i think every team is going to want to be there once a year or uh, once and b- every so many before years. you before you rain our, on our parade Ernest. before okay. before you rain on it i i agree i i totally agree with dad you know for for with my dad for a night you kind of got to suspend the disbelief um <laughs> and, and kind of see that these players are all paid so much money right so much money they felt like they were in little league again right like it felt like it meant more to them in a way that really captured the magic um you know the nhl has tried to do something like this with the winter classic and that's cool but nothing compared to what just happened at this game and clearly it captured you know not only their attention the players but the audience too is it was the highest rated game watched by uh, TV audiences in like 16 years, 16 years, you know, world series included. So I think great idea. 
wasn't the original Winter Classic the highest rated regular season NHL games? And usually the highest. Okay, far rain on your parade. Do y'all know me that well? <laughs> Is it that apparent? Okay, A, Costner's got plugs. I know that because in the, <laughs> a few years ago he was going bald. Bald is beautiful. Yes, okay. yes. And and then yeah. it hurt me to hear how sick James Earl Ray sounded. Mm. James Earl Jones, excuse me. I do hope James Earl wow. Ray is sick. Wow. I hope he's Ernest. dead. Sorry, I hope he's dead. But James Earl Jones, it, it hurt me to hear how bad he sounded. Uh, and I let me puncture a hole in the myth. It's not that good a movie. Field of Dreams is a vastly overrated movie. It's, it's not in my top ten. Ernest, Ernest, Ernest. Yes. You can't you can't rain on the parade like that, man. I get it, but like America loves this movie. Okay, America you, loves the what movie. What do you think? Is it that good a movie? No, I mean, I I have no your, opinion. Your honor, way. he will not answer the question. But but it, it does capture nostalgia, right? And nostalgic things don't have to be good all the time, right? We're we're nostalgic for things like the N64 and Atari, and, and no one really ever wants to play those things again. David, so, well, it look. makes a egregious mistake. Shoeless Joe Jackson batted left-handed. He did not bat right-handed. Yeah, it's really it's not Ray a baseball Leone. movie, really. It is a lousy movie. It no. is mediocre. No, it's a, it's a father-son movie, if you really think about it. And to me, what always, always gets me is when they're playing on the field and his dad comes out and play, but his the granddaughter falls off the stands and he leaves the field being young to be old and a doctor to take care of. It's schmaltzy. I don't care. I like it. No, the Wait, natural. It, well, there, it, the, if there's anything the about baseball, if anything about baseball, it's a it's a father son sport. You per, capture it perfectly, Dad. Even with fathers and daughters too, uh, you, you know. So so. Maybe we uh, rebuild a, a World War II era stadium and have Tom Hanks and Madonna come throw out the first pitch next year and <laughs> and do that somewhere else. You know, I could I could totally see That'd baseball doing something similar and building. I've got an idea. Major League Baseball ha- now has built a stadium for the small town in Iowa to host summer tournaments and to bring in tourists. Tourist revenue, why not? They need to do this around the country every year. Pick a random city. Build build a stadium like this, easy charity work, right? And that way the town gets to host summer tournaments. Be like, hey, this happened, um, and it's a cool cool venue vibe thing. Get to spread the teams around. Got to have Tatis and Vlad Jr. Um, in there somewhere. Maybe they can uh, rebuild Olympic Stadium in Montreal next Cubs. year and uh, do something Cubs. like that. Yeah, Cubs and Reds next year. They've already announced that. But if you build these stadiums, David, will they come? Yes, summer baseball uh, tournaments are a money maker. Okay, I, I got, I got, I got the quote. But yeah, yeah, quick, yeah. Quick trivia, quick trivia. The doctor that you were talking about, Paul, was played by who? Burt Lancaster. Okay, that was uh, Moonlight Graham, who was an actual character, and his story is true. Uh, he did get in one inning and never played again. He was from North Carolina. His brother was uh, Frank Porter Graham who the medical school at UNC Chapel Hill is named after now. Nice. So that part it all comes back true. to UNC. It yeah, all it does. All comes back to UNC. But, you know, when you have Shuler Jackson bet right-handed, you lost me. I mean, that's that's a big, big – that'd be like Babe Ruth batting right-handed. Well, they had Gary Cooper 
batting and they mirrored it, right? So he'd be like Lou Gehrig. Yeah, he wore yeah wore jersey with reverse numbers. Yeah, and they just flipped the film to do that. Yeah, that's so much detail to to not get it right with us. Yeah, but it's like it's it's when you see that in a movie and you see things a sports movie. And it's the little details are so. No, I'm, say, I'm saying it's impressive to do it one way, but then also shocking to not do it for the other. Um, the, the many millions of uh, baseball movies that Kevin Costner do it for love of the game has a horrible. The guy that plays catcher, John C. Riley, just does a terrible job going after a foul pop that you know. But it's John C. Riley, or John, so you, you forgave it, right? Yeah, well, I did, but still, he. Yeah. Started, <laughs> He never played baseball in his life. He's John C. Wright, man. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. I, but still. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a stickler when I watch the sports movies for authenticity. And also, they played for the Detroit Tigers, so can't hate him there. Yeah, well, Mr. Baseball, too. Didn't he play for the Tigers before he goes to Japan? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're talking about Tom Selleck? Yes. Yeah. Well, let's move on to some current uh, athletic endeavors here <laughs> so we don't stay in the past too far. So let's get around to real Major League Baseball. Um, one of the biggest headlines last week is that Tease came back from being an injured list and immediately hits two home runs, and they're debating whether putting him on outfield instead of uh, shortstop so he doesn't get injured as much, but a lot of times he gets injured running the bases or trying extra hard. Um, so is this a good idea or a bad idea, Ernest, to move him to outfield? It's been done before, or move him to first base. I mean, Hosner is not doing that good at first. So I'd move him to first. Even the outfield, there's a uh, the ability to be injured is much higher. they got to do something because they're only two games in front of the Reds for the last wild card position, and they keep signing old Cubs pitchers. Yeah, they, Arietta just came in, right? Arietta. I guess Fergie Jenkins will be next, <laughs> or Rick Sutcliffe. Maybe they'll sign him. I mean, the answer is not. They had Darish, Darish anyway. That's not the answer. I mean, they've they've got to do something, or else they're going to slide out of the. It really the feels like position. Yeah, they're really giving it up right now. But it really feels like this entire season might end up hinging on the Max Scherzer could have, would have trade where the Padres had him reportedly for an hour or two. And then the Dodgers swept in and, and gave up uh, a bit more for, for Scherzer there. Cause you know, as it stands right now, they're going to be facing each other in a one game playoff, the wild card playoff. And it's going to be Scherzer against the Padres or it could have been Scherzer against the Dodgers. So you don't um, think the Dodgers can catch the giants? I, okay, well, the Giants have been the best team in baseball, you know, all year. They, they're oh. still they're still four games ahead, right? Yeah, but I'm they're, just saying that's best as team out of out of best team other than the team in Florida, right? After right. Rays, boy, if, Not, there's a, if Fox will ask for a refund if the World Series, the Giants and the Rays. It did, wasn't wasn't that the World Series ten years ago? Was Not it? Right. I think. Rays played the Phillies. The Phillies, that's right. And then the Giants won every other year for. They won three times out of five years. Yeah. Even number of years. Um, I, I think it's a great idea for Tatis. Uh, it's just you really don't want to put him at first base because you're just wasting so much athleticism. Yeah, right? like but, that's but the he, thing. If you want to keep him injury free, that's uh, 
there that that's what they did to Ernie Banks. So I was I was thinking move maybe move Machado over to first base and and give Tatis third. Um, but yeah, I know it's tough. We'll see how he does. He's definitely obviously athletic enough to right. I mean, he's just he's the greatest freak of them all in Major League Baseball and the double jump and when he hits home runs, man, they just I mean the thing just pops off the bat like an aluminum bat right and a golf ball it just flies in the air ping um have he's you, just have you seen the guy 90 miles north of there who pitches oh, and so hits home run? Well, i Ernest, i can have a crush on more than one man all, all right, right. show a shame that that maybe most likely both of them are gonna be out of the playoffs yeah but mike trout's been been pulling off that trick for the last decade um so, but yeah, it it would be it would be a real shame for baseball if Vlad Jr. and Tatis are both out. And I mean, the Jays aren't catching anyone. They're eight games back in the East and um, not that close in the wild card. So I, they're, they're actually I take that back. They're what, within four, three of the wild card, the second wild card spot. Yeah, but they got a lot of teams. To I agree. They got to jump Seattle. The it's unlikely games. for both, but um, Major okay. League Baseball definitely. Definitely needs those guys for right. sure. Here's a side topic. All right, I'm just gonna have you guys give quick answers once again for these topics. Your most hated team in baseball, David? Oh, uh, the Yankees still. De- uh, Ernest? Yeah, Yankees, but Dodgers are creeping up there. All right, most hated team in NFL, David? Well, I should have said the Astros, but uh, anyways, you said NFL? Yeah. Packers. Ooh, I know why that. Yeah, Mr. Rogers. I'm, neighborhood. I'm NFL agnostic. Yeah. So. Ernest, your most hated team in NFL Patriots? Still hate the Patriots. Yeah. <laughs> All right, NBA, David, most hated team. Well, Dad, who's who's your least favorite NFL team? My least favorite NFL team. Wow, I would say, um, gosh, it's, I who don't, gives you the nod in your stomach? Oh, whenever they Bears. Do. I don't like the Bears. Oh wow! Because they beat score. the Lions when I was growing up. Da Bears. Bears. And for Major League Baseball, it's the Yankees. I can't stand the Yankees. It's baseball brings out more passion in me than the other sports. I think I don't know why it's a sport that I loved as a boy. So uh, NBA, um, Ernest, your most hated team, NBA. It's flexible. I'll go Nets. Oh, David. Nets, Nets. I like LeBron James. I, I, there's no, there's no. Yeah, the Nets definitely. Uh, Ohio State football. Uh, I revise all. I revise all of my previous answers to Ohio State football. So we got NHL. We got to throw NHL in there. Yeah, NHL most hated team, David. Caps. Oh, Caps. sorry. Yeah, Go Ernest. Ahead. This is Caps. Oh, agnostic. I. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't. I don't have a least favorite NHL team. I don't think. I just. Yeah, couldn't care. Uh, for me, I the like Blue the Jackets, win. just because they're in Columbus. And for NCAA, Ohio State for me, too. Ernest, your most hated team for M- oh, NCAA? You have to ask. You D- have to ask. U. Duke. <laughs> yes, it's got to yeah. be Duke, always. It's got to yeah. be Duke, yeah. All right, that was our side trip down the hate train. And we'll get back to the other NBA and all sports things. But we're going to talk about David's favorite Sport in all the world, oh, most popular sport in all the world. We're going to talk about Messi's move, and uh, I know the salary and everything else necessitated it. But can, is Messi going to actually bring a winner to the PGS because uh, or PSG? Excuse me, 
because I think he's looking pretty worn out at the last Gold Cup, well, if you ask me. Here's the, here's the great thing about Messi going to PSG. And first off, it's a fun story. I mean, I, I don't love it because PSG is literally ran by a, a nation state. That's in Paris, Guitar. by the way, folks. I had to look that up. Yes, Paris Saint-Germain. Um, so so the thing is with PSG, though, they're, they're a great run club. Um, you know, in soccer, there's the transfers where you're paying money for other for you're paying money to other teams to buy the players, um, unlike in, in American sports. However, PSG signed six world class players who either have won a World Cup or or uh, a European Championship or uh, you know the league title for a different country this year, all on free transfers, which means they didn't pay any money. They just waited until the contract ran out. Um, Liverpool's one of Liverpool's best players, starter uh, Genie Wijnaldum, came to PSG. Uh, Marco Verratti, who is one of the best players in, in European Championships for Italy, came to PSG on a free transfer. Messi came on a free transfer. The best young goalie in the world um, from Mil- AC Milan, Donnarumma, who is the starting goalie for Italy, came to PSG on a free transfer this year, and he's probably not even going to start because their starting goalie. As a guy that won a bunch of European championships for Real Madrid in the past decade. Um, so PSG have just gone off making a, a ton of incredible signings and not even paying that much money, which means they can pay more for the salaries. Um, however, they're, they're clearly the most talented team in the world. When was the last time without, they won anything, David? They've never won anything. This is the thing. PSG, they're in Paris. But they were a club always on the fringes of French football. They they were almost relegated. They came in the second to last place to be relegated in like 2005, um, and that's when they were bought or they were bought by Qatar, the nation, about a decade ago. And, and ever since then, they started buying players and been winners. They they've made it to the semifinals. I don't think they've ever made it to the. Oh, I take it back. They made it to the Champions League final against Bayern two years ago, but lost that game. So this is the push to actually make it happen. They've spent all the money in the world. They're the most talented roster. Um, we'll see what happens. They also have one of the best coaches in the world. But is Messi um, done, though? You think he's on his downslope? No. He, uh, yes, he's on his downslope. He's 35 in a world where soccer players' careers are over at 30, practically, 32. He can't run. You know, he, he's not the, the magician he once was. However, he's still the best free kick taker in the world, uh, and he still makes the best passes in the world. Um, and that alone, when you've got the best talent in the world around you, he can be hidden. He can be hidden. You know, he doesn't have to play defense. He's, he's not going to be Michael Jordan winning the NBA Finals in his last three years. He's going to be more like, um, oh, I don't know. Tim Duncan winning the NBA Finals with Kawhi Leonard in 2015, right? I was so he, say Verlander with the Astros. Yeah, well, yeah. So like he's there. He can be. He can still be the best player on the field any given night. He's just not going to be. He's not going to have to be the best player on the field well, any the, given night. Here's the two important questions, David. A, he's got a two three year contract, thirty years of player option. Does this mean in three years he's going to be an MLS? Because the MLS has become like Japanese baseball. He wants they take, to. They take the old, and I hear, I hear Miami is going to be most likely where he lands. Yeah. So, yes, he. If he does, I I 
feel like he might end up back at Barcelona for one more year. But he's actually MLS has really yeah, shied away. They're a billion dollars in debt. Well, a so get, give him three years to have his like honey or honeymoon, I don't know, retirement year there in Barcelona. Um, but yeah, I mean, the MLS is going to end up paying him a hundred million dollars a year to come to the MLS, and it's going to be worth it. PSG are paying fifty-two million dollars to Messi this next year. Fifty-two million dollars a year to be a player. And they've already made $20 million in New Jersey sales just in the 48 hours after signing Messi. You know, he's, he pays for himself probably four times over. If you were to adjust his, like, his value to what it should be worth, he'd be making two, $300 million a year the next year. I mean, he's, you know, he is the Babe Ruth. Him and Ronaldo both are the Babe Ruth of soccer um, in every way. I mean, they're just giants. Right. So, so will both of them be in MLS in three years? I I don't think Ronaldo will come to the United States. That's my guess. I think he'll go back to his home country of Portugal. Okay, uh, here's here's think. the second important question. As a Man City fan, is Harry Kane coming to Man City? <laughs> <laughs> well, so Dad, did you guys hear about this past weekend? You know, Man City played Tottenham, Tottenham, right, right. for Week One season opener. Man City loses to Tottenham, who didn't even have Harry Kane playing for them. Right. Uh, and, and if I'm the Tottenham uh, board of directors, I'm just licking my chops right now because I'm I'm pretty sure that one nothing victory added about thirty million dollars under the price tag of Harry Kane. Uh, yeah, they'll sign him. They're gonna get him. They're gonna get him. Roll out uh, the, the bucks. Roll the out big the, ru- bucks. the big rumor is that. Juventus in their bid to kind of shed salary because all these big clubs are in financial trouble after COVID, um, except for the English teams because they have the biggest TV contract. That's, that's why they all went for Super League. That, well, the, that was the, the play for Super League. Yeah. Was to make, it's the same reason why Texas and Oklahoma are joining the SEC. It's a cash grab well, we didn't re- for COVID. I thought it was selfish at the time, but what we're seeing is actually these clubs are underwater big time it's not so much being selfish as it is throwing out the the life raft uh because they've been so irresponsible with their money but juventus are supposedly offering man city ronaldo for 30 million dollars 30 million dollars for ronaldo and he's just a couple more oil wells for the yeah he would clearly pay from city man city is also owned by essentially the state of qatar uh, a person in qatar who is like cousins with the people. royal, yeah, the royal family. Yeah, so, that. so, but apparently Pep doesn't want him because of how he fits into the squad, which I think is crazy. But Ronaldo or Harry Kane will end up there, no doubt in my mind. So, well, we're just getting started with soccer, and this is a bone to you, David. Talk about soccer so early, but how many times does Messi get traded? Or that's just a rare time. A lot of people. It's, it's Michael Jordan going to the Wizards, right? Like. It's something Hopefully that it works could, out better than BSG than that. Yeah, but it, w- it would have been like MJ going to the Wizards immediately after winning the title, right? It is that kind of thing. All right, so. and for our listeners who like us to do a little cultural reference, Ernest last week reviewed Suicide Squad, and a little too violent for me, but Ernest likes a little uh, fantasy violence on TV, a movie once in a while. So we're going to talk about Space Jam today. Both these guys have seen it. I have not. Um, I've heard mixed reviews. Um, David likes LeBron a little more than Ernest does, but David, what would your view be for Space Jam? You took your yes. Two- let me give you my let me give you my sixty seconds before my two children knock down the door. Um, 
A, LeBron James. Love it. I loved it for LeBron. The first five-minute montage of LeBron's entire life was fantastic. Um, I took all three of my uh, – I took my older two daughters to go see the movie. Um, they absolutely loved it. All the parts of LeBron James, I loved it. He's obviously not the best actor. He gets a solid C, right? He didn't fail in the role. Uh, he did his best, and I respect it. Um, I like the storyline for LeBron, whatever. You know, it's cheesy kids movie. Yeah, I expect it. Uh, but the part that got me was, man, Looney Tunes just so outdated. I, The humor for the Looney Tunes was just so bad the entire time. It was just... You noticed Pepe Le Pew did not show up. No, it was not in the Me Too movement. That's not going to work. It was. Out. It was not funny when the Looney Tunes were were well, running the show. They but, tried but, the Me Too movement on Lola Bunny a little too much. Yeah, well, I don't. I don't care about that. Or it was. It wasn't that great. But LeBron James made it fun for me. The kids really enjoyed the movie, so I really enjoyed the movie. So and thumbs I see up it again. Thumbs up. Double thumbs up as a kid's movie, nice. for sure. And you love and the Don, original. No, no critical, I'm not going to be critical of a kid's movie. And right. Don Cheadle eats up everything he sees. I mean, he just goes for the overacting. Yes. Well, I mean, when, you're, when you're the only professional actor in the entire movie. Helps. Well, I know. I know he's not the only one. But. And, and I've stated before in this podcast, my two favorite parts was when Rick and Morty show up with the Tasmanian Devil. <laughs> and uh, when... Michael Jordan shows up at halftime. Yeah, Michael, yes, yes. <laughs> that Michael Jordan, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah Michael, Michael C. C. Jordan. B. Jordan. Uh, that was a great, that was a great uh, line there. I guess yeah, there's that, a rumor that, was, that that Michael Jordan is going to come back in the next Black Panther movie, uh, somehow be resurrected so he can uh, take over. Well, I mean, they they what I've heard today is the template for the next Black Panther movie is based a lot on uh, Chadwick Boseman's performance in the Marvel What If, which actually comes on tonight, where he's oh, with Guardians that's of the Galaxy. Deep. That's a deep cut there, Ernest. So, okay. Just, that's, that's what uh, Kevin Feig, who is the chairman of Marvel Studios, said in an interview today. Okay, so tune in for more. Well, we're about ready to do our final couple good minutes. Um, David, your kids haven't knocked on your door yet, so go ahead. It was just a fun weekend of sports for me. The the Cade Cunningham coming out party was fantastic. I mean, if he's going to hit seven threes in a game like that on a semi-regular basis, he's going to be the six foot eight version of Steph Curry. So, so have me drinking all that Kool-Aid, please, and thank you. Uh, the Tigers are fun. You know, Miguel Cabrera is going for his 500th home run right now. Um, and for me... The big part about the Tigers, which they're, they're shockingly fun this year. Um, you know, they're still below 500, but not by much. They're and they're close. supposed to be, they're supposed to be one of the worst teams in baseball. Uh, they just brought up their top three baseball prospects to AAA from AA. Um, and these guys are the number two prospect uh, in all of Major League Baseball, the number five prospect in Major League Baseball, Spencer, Spencer Torkelson, last year's number one overall draft pick, and um, Riley Green, um, first-round draft pick two years ago, I think. Um, and then there's another guy, the shortstop. He's always going to be the other guy. He's like the 80th best prospect, but he's still a great prospect. He had a home run in his debut tonight. Um, 
So yeah, the the Tigers bringing up those three Ryan guys. Credler, Creedler, Creedler, right? So so the Tigers need a shortstop. They need a first baseman to to replace Miggy here coming up soon. And you always need good speedy outfielders. And and these three guys are are going to be it. Torkelson projects to be an all star, right? Like he projects to be Evan Longoria esque swing. Um, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Tigers are fun. They have potential. All right, all and for right. me, that that's what I'm focusing there on. There we go. So that I, was uh, a good pass, couple minutes. Pass the sticks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can tell David's been to a Tiger game this year. All right, Ernest, your final couple minutes. You know, uh, I've been watching this 500 home run watch for Cabrera, and it's kind of like when Ken Griffey Jr. only took three weeks for him to hit the 500th home run. Hey, I was there for Ken Griffey Jr.'s 503rd home run. Uh, yeah, for hit 500, it took three weeks. Each hero took like a month. But let's talk about a baseball team on the other end of the spectrum. That's right, my Braves. the My first place Atlanta Braves who are missing their starting center fielder, starting right fielder, starting catcher, and their starting left fielder, and the two best pitchers. But I won't talk about a, a guy who's becoming an unsung um, star. And he's playing for the Braves, and no, not Freddie Freeman. We're talking about a guy who has more home runs than Aaron Judge, more home runs than Stanton for the Yankees. He has 27 home runs, and that's Austin Riley. The Braves have been looking for a third baseman since Chipper Jones retired, and they may have picked one up. And quietly, he's had a pretty solid, uh, you know, might even be in the top 10 for MVP voting. And the, the Braves are missing a lot. They're just struggling. It's just uh, they're going to have a problem because the Phillies have the easiest schedule from here on out. The Mets have just imploded themselves. And, and Paul will re- remind all of us of that. This is like the third time the Mets have had this great starting four pitchers and they all wind up injured. We've seen this happen time and time again. But uh, they may not make the playoffs. But uh, it's been a valiant little run, and uh, go, go Braves, Paul. Well, wait, go one thing. One thing I got to know about the Braves is their first baseman, their second baseman, their shortstop, and their second baseman, uh, Freeman, Riley, Swanson, and Albies are all potentially going to hit 30 home runs this year. They're all in the mid 20s right now. Maybe and they have seven guys with 20 home runs or more. I think I heard a stat that it'd either be the first time or the first time in a long time that uh, the four infield positions, you know, not being a catcher included, um, hit 30 or more home runs for a team. And that's just incredible to think about. I mean, incredible how, how well those guys have been. And, and they've got a great run differential. No one else in the division has that. So, yeah. Do you know – Nick, you know what? Uh, you know, Coors Field has the highest elevation of any stadium in Major League Baseball. Right. You know what stadium has the second highest elevation? I, I'm going to guess the Braves, but I have no yeah, idea. Truist Stadium, yeah. Truist Stadium is mm-hmm. the second highest elevation of all the baseball fields. Plus, it gets right, hot Dad, down in Georgia, so the balls travel. All right, so my la- my take is that I have grown up rooting for the Lions, trying to ignore the Detroit Lions, hitting my head, going donk about the Lions. And the Lions did another Lion thing today. In fact, my fantasy football name this year is Goff Handicap. G-O-F-F Handicap. Okay, I thought it was funny. 
Anyways, uh, the uh, Lions uh, this today. You, you want to tell your old one, Joey Stinks, when you had Harrington? <laughs> no. Uh, last year was Buckus Nuts, just because I wanted to. Um, <laughs> but today they released a player that played for him for 17 years, Don Moback, who was a free agent from Texas A&M, was their long snapper for 17 years, and today they released him. That's not so bad. 17 years is a good run. But they released him on his 40th birthday. Come on. You couldn't have waited a day or, or done it a day earlier. They released him on his 40th birthday. So, Ernest, the question is, what NFL player had the longest career with one team? Oh, wow. One team. I, I thought you were going to go ooh, oldest player. That can I guess? Easy. Go ahead. I guess? Jankowski. Nope. Ooh, ooh, what? He's really? a Detroit Lion. Oh, a Detroit Lion. Oh, Jason Hansen. Jason Hansen has a record of 21 Whoa. seasons with one team, the Detroit Lions. The second place goes to Daryl Green and Jackie Slater. Daryl Green with the Redskins, uh, the now-known Washington football team, and Jackie Slater with the Rams. They both Rams, played 20 yeah. years with their how, team. how tuned out do you have to be as a professional athlete to play for the Detroit Lions for 21 <laughs> years? Well, uh, and, take, and kickers and kickers usually get moved around. A lot, no, he's a long it? snapper. Oh, but Hanson. Well, yeah, but Hanson. Yeah, Hanson. Yeah, I mean, Hanson was a kicker. I mean, that field goal kickers gets get bounced around all the time. Well, they had Eddie Murray yeah, before him that played a long time for the Lions too. So Jason Hanson was just a great seven iron on the on the football field. And playing those in the dome all those yeah, years helped. Yeah, I was going to say it helps to be. Well, not only that dome, he was in one in Minnesota. So let me say he was playing nine games guaranteed every year in a dome. Nice. All right, guys, the children are calling. Oh, so yeah, it's time to wrap it up. It so for Ernest Watts and David Arnold, this is Paul Arnold. Thanks for listening. Send all your comments, questions, complaints, crazy ideas to gobluearnold at gmail.com. Have a great night.